welcome to episode 32 of the Freedom Boyle podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe, and I'm joined by my beautiful, a million years <laughs> pregnant wife, Mary. What did I do last week? You, I can't remember. Hi, guys. <laughs> That's what I'm going to start doing. <laughs> I got to remember that. Episode 32, man, it is quickly approaching. What? Doomsday. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we're we're thinking of. No, it is, guys. It's we are like we we are less than a month away from the due date. I am very pregnant. Yeah. I am still eating donuts <laughs> and life is good. So, you know, we are we are here now. We're, and Yeah, I mean, we're like <laughs> I mean, I went to the gym for the first time in two weeks with you this morning. Yeah, and, and she it killed was, it, you know, ugh, for it being was pretty brutal. eight and a half months pregnant. Yeah. You know, but no, we're we're quickly approaching probably what is going to be the best day in our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like calling it doomsday, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm super excited and I can't wait. If you're you know? a parent, we're in the phase of like... We feel completely unprepared. Nothing's built. We have to build everything. Yeah, it, Mary's, we're in that phase. Mary's in full nesting mode, and I'm looking at like 30 boxes of things <laughs> that I've been procrastinating in, on building for way too long. And uh, <laughs> it, it yeah. will get to a point where it's too late. We'll see <laughs> if we get there, but you know, we'll we'll do our best. Episode 32. What are we talking about? This is such a random one that what a I have good to. Find. I have to thank my Reddit feed for it's it. It's so interesting. I, I was just th- scrolling down Reddit. Uh, honestly, full disclosure on my morning pre-gym poop, and <laughs> you know I'm like scrolling. Guys, <laughs> let's just say, and I know most of the people that listen to this are men, but if for any of the women out there that are listening, your husband, boyfriend, whatever, they t- why do you guys take forty five minutes you just, to an hour? It's just. It's a guy thing. It's I, weird. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll never you know, understand it. The actual poop may take three to five three, minutes. Yeah. But, you know, it's our time oh to just my God. sit there and, and scroll on Reddit, which is what I do. Yeah, I don't know. I'll never understand it, but it is what it is. I guess that's your I guess that's your alone <laughs> hey, time. But we have we have that <laughs> that morning poop to thank for this topic idea because thank god for joe's bms guys i was was scrolling on reddit and this randomly popped up and i'm like huh i wonder if there's any more information about this yes there's a bunch of articles we're doing it yeah great find this is called the um well what we're talking about today is the kamar daban incident kamar daban i'm just going to preface this by saying (laughs) this is like about people with like russian names and i am or yeah, Russian, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to screw these up royally. I apologize. But you, you have to be the one to pronounce them. No. You usually no. Such no. <laughs> no. You have to help me. I just won't talk. I'll just well. be silent. <laughs> It'll just be Joe being like, "Come on, Mary." We're gonna we're gonna do this in a little bit of a different layout. We're gonna kind of do, do like a story story time. But uh, in throughout the story, we'll inject our thoughts thoughts why feelings do you, why do you look at me emotions like that? was that some sort of sexual innuendo no what you're like inject our <laughs> thoughts no we are going to um insert our thoughts <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we are. We're going <clears> to. <throat> yeah, we are. Gonna... Sorry, guys. I got donut and I had that chocolatey, chocolatey, chocolatey that donut. Literally, you got smoked in the pole over. Yeah. It doesn't matter because I smoked you in like four other poles after that. Actually, shout out to Mark oh, with Fit and Fire. With a very for detailed helping description. Me out. With the leaflet pamphlet debacle. He sent us okay. a very... Oh, hi, Mark. He he sent us a very nice detailed um, audio message. It was perfect, dude. Explaining it was perfect. It, why I was right. No, see, yes. but I knew about leaflets. No. So. It, well, he literally admitted that that just further proved I was right. So I could read... I could pull up the DM if you really want me to. <laughs> Either way, I, I smoked you on the... Oh, you know what else I smoked you on? Fast food. Everyone eats french fries in the car. Well, you know, I'm the only one that has the patience to get home and do a pro gamer move of fast food, which is to put it in the air fryer for extra crispness. Half the fun of going to get fast food is eating a couple fries in the car home. Mm, No. Oh, you're ridiculous. (laughs) You know what half the reason is, guys? He's a germaphobe, and he won't touch it until he washes his hands. I am a germaphobe, but I also like the layout. I like experiencing the fries with the burger oh such know? an odd bird honestly <laughs> this this little baby boy i feel like is gonna be i hope i you know we we joke but i really hope this kid is like joe's twin because i just love him so much i appreciate but that. i love you too i think it's gonna be hilarious if he is his twin because <laughs> joe definitely has his little quirks as we all do and i think it'll be funny to see a miniature version of that um I just we gotta think- get him a little gopro to run around at the range <laughs> with with me <laughs> He'll be like doing somersaults <laughs> in the gravel, start crying. All right. Uh, yeah, get, let's f- fill us in. All right. Let's start this story. So I'm going to be your What's narrator. Yeah. And I guess I am going to be pronouncing a lot of these, but whatever, guys. I'm so sorry. The. <laughs> I feel like SpongeBob in that episode where he's like, the. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. The Buratia region. That was pretty good. Biatria. Where are you even at? What are you... I'm on the morbid curiosity. um, Yeah, what paragraph? The Biatria region of southern Siberia is home to the Kamar Daban mountain range, which is situated beneath Lake Baikal. (laughs) Lake Baikal is... uh, Is... uh, (laughs) Baikal. (laughs) Is is wild. Uh, fun fact about that. Oh, you're already I, injecting your thoughts. I, I got in a huge tangent looking yeah. in the into the lake because there's actually a lot of conspiracy theories about surrounding lake. the lake. It is the deepest freshwater lake in the world and fun houses fact. most of the world's fresh water. Whoa! In that lake. So where I'm from, most of the world's. Yeah, where I'm from in Rochester, Lake Ontario is like five minutes outside. One of the Great Lakes that is 800 feet deep. Which okay. I, you know, growing up, I'm like, man, that's super deep. I think Lake Superior is like 1,200 feet deep. Look at you. Um and Lake Michigan is even deeper. But what's Bacall? Five thousand three hundred <gasps> feet deep. It's ew. dude. On That's like, an ocean. On like a side view of the thing, it shows all the lakes, and then Lake Bacall is just like straight what? down. That's so wild. Yeah. And there's a bunch of weird conspiracies. Like a it's a ton, meteorite or something. Well, a ton of UFO stuff. So there's a lot of. A lot of thoughts that uh, extraterrestrials live at the bottom 
of the lake. Five. Th- I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, you know, and compared what are some to of the, the oceans? I would wonder. Well, and compared to the ocean, it's not that deep. For like, a lake, though. For a lake, it's insane. For oceans, not so much. Like Mariana's Trench is thirty-three thousand oh. feet deep. Yeah, so, but that like, but but the lake, it's. I mean, it's. It makes you think like what what created that crevice that then filled exactly. with water. Exactly. Yeah, and if I remember right, I tried to look up like if anybody had been to the bottom of it or whatever. But because it's in Russia, it's not as easy to like get a research team to the bottom yeah. of that or anything. Or I, it know. was easy, and they just didn't tell anybody. That's true. And maybe they're like, mm, we're going to keep this one close to the chest. I vaguely remember a story I came across online of like them going down into the lake and seeing like extraterrestrial shit like flying around. That's and all the this interesting stuff. part of it. It's like you go to the bottom of the ocean, you're going to see some weird shit, right? But the bottom of a lake is even more interesting to me because it's like you're cut off from the ocean. So it's not like one. You know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Fun fact. I believe if you die in the lake and your body floats to the bottom, it's so cold down there that you will never decompose and you're just there on the bottom of the lake. Oh, my God. For eternity. What a morbid thing to say. (laughs) There you go, guys. Continue with our story. Oh, my God. So that's the lake that all of this happened by. <laughs> Sentence one. We already got a nice little morbid fact. No, that's very cool. Um, 5,000. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, due to the mountain range's untamed landscape, it has become well-liked um, for like like hiking decan. Oh, my God. Hiking decanations. Destinations. And, but, but it's interesting that it said untamed landscape because I'm pretty sure that the area, whatever... I mean, it's pretty untamed. It's up by Siberia. No, I know, but I'm just saying the part of the mountain range where, where you know. Yeah. But anyway, yes. So this has become a very well-liked destination for tourists, hikers, things like that. Um, So now we get jump right into the story. I'm going to kind of like skip over a lot of that other stuff, unless you wanted to talk about any of it. No. Okay. So what happened at this Kamar Daban mountain range? Starting with Ludmila Korovina... She was um, 41 at the time, was a skilled survivalist and hiker, hiking instructor. She was um, renowned for treating her students harshly and frequently pushing them quite hard. But that being said, her students said that she was a terrific teacher who instilled confidence in them and taught them essential hiking skills. So basically, what would you call her? Well, you know, it says right here that she should be referred to as a master by her, yeah. uh, or Trade. who was referred to as a master by her coworkers and pupils. So yeah. she was a master survivalist. And probably, like, I, I'm sure that most, like, survivalist hiking instructors, they probably have, like, a home base, if you will, where they, yeah. like, know the, know it in and out. Well, and we should also mention that in the Ural mountains why which this is by and also the mountain range that this is on it's it's not like your typical uh up and down day hike i mean it, it is legitimate trekking across a, a far distance so she was incredibly skilled as yeah. a survivalist at this time yeah and um we should also oh, mention too that this was in 1993 i was just gonna say nice yeah. so anyway six of ludmila's students had planned a walk we should say hike to Kamar Daban mountain range for the summer of 1993. And Mila would obviously be leading this hike. So there'd be seven of them total. Yeah. She was well knowledgeable about the region, which was a well-liked tourist destination. and was seen as a very safe location to hike, particularly in the summer. 
She had prepared for the trip with her students and she was close with every one of them. So I think with anything like this, you get close with those people, especially when you're like hard, like pushing somebody. Yeah. You, you develop that like like coach to student for sure. relationship kind yeah. of thing. So the closest uh, person she was the closest with was, was Sasha. Alexander Sasha Kristen. But throughout the article, he goes by Sasha, who was 23 years old at the time. He was basically like a son to Ludmila because she had known him for much of his life. The other five pupils, I won't read their names, but I'll just say their ages. Man, you about to <laughs> cop out like that? Yep. Um, but I'll, I'll say their ages. So one was 15 years old. My God. 16, 17, 24, and 19. So young. They're all young. I guess Sasha was the oldest out of the, the yeah, group. Yeah. Um, or I'm sorry. No, there was a 24-year-old regardless. So the seven of them arrived at the mountain range in the village of Murino. 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 Why do you like... I just have a hard time. You want to do it? No, you do it. They arrived at the village of Murino on August 2nd, 1993, eager to begin their trek over the Alps. Um, they were promised clear, sunny skies and the weather forecast. Of course, any survivalist or hiking instructor is going to, you know, look ahead and be like, okay, what do we got weather-wise? Yeah, and right. looking ahead, they had decent weather. Yeah. Um, one of the three groups that were that were trekking and doing kind of this hike. Because there were two other yeah, groups hiking groups, with them. Yeah. Right. But they weren't all hiking in the same No. They were each group. taking a different uh, go, yeah. basically. Yeah. So one of the other groups was led by Ludmila's daughter, Natalie, or Nata, Natalia. I don't know. Natalia. I'm about to try. On August 5th. This is convenient that you don't have to describe any of these <laughs> names, but you can make fun of me all you want. <laughs> Natalia. <laughs> Natalia. That's yes. What it is. Good job. On August 5th, when their respective hiking routes would collide, their groups were supposed to meet. So they had planned for their, you know locations to come together and right. then kind of finish out the hike but together. separate trails that but they separate were trails the hike's first two days meaning ludmila's hike with her group the first two days went smoother than anticipated and the group really pushed themselves hard and made it an, made an excellent time climbing the retranslator summit yeah actually that was probably pretty good um on august you don't have to be nice to me <laughs> Good job. Good job. You're doing so good. <laughs> On August 4th, however, as they started their descent down the mountain, it turned out that the, or sorry, d down the summit, it turned out that the weather prediction was inaccurate and they were met with heavy rains. And anyone that does major hiking and things like that knows when it rains, you, you know, all that stuff you're holding onto absorbs all that water. It becomes even heavier, well, becomes especially even more at dangerous. The time of 1993 when we didn't have as, you know, excellent of water protection that we have in today's. I mean, we obviously had good water protection yeah. stuff, but I mean, you know, I, I would imagine. But your clothes get wet. Like, it just doesn't yeah. become safe anymore. Yeah. So, um, uh, where was I? Oh, even though there was nearby tree cover, Ludmila made the hasty decision to set up camp in an exposed area due to the hiker's exhaustion. Again, I believe the article kind of points to packs getting very soaked, things yeah. getting heavy, and she made the immediate decision to be like, nope, we're just going to set up camp here. Oh my God, I'm out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> even though there was a nearby... Oh yeah, sorry. The next day, they intended to meet Natalia and thought that they would be able to surprise the other group given how swiftly they had climbed the mountain the day before. Yeah. 
this is when we get into the first signs of trouble. So Natalia and her party arrived at the meeting place later that day, but, but Ludmila, Natalia's mother, did not. Natalia was not concerned about her mother, and the group continued their hike since she assumed that the poor weather had delayed her. On August 10th, we're kind of jumping here. Yeah. On August 10th, a group of kayakers on the river at the foot of the Kamar Daban Mountains observed something in a tree line while they were paddling down the river. This is so creepy. Standing and staring at them was a lone girl. According to some versions, she was coated in dried blood when the kayakers approached her. She eventually introduced herself as She eventually introduced herself as Valentina Yuto Chenko and claimed to have been trekking with other with another six people. So Valentina was one of the seven in Ludmila's group. Yeah. Terrified, the kayakers brought uh, Valentina to the neighborhood police department and filed a report there. She wasn't able to carefully relate to the narrative of what had happened to the other six until many days later. But even then, it was confusing and horrifying. So, any thoughts before I get into what her description was about what happened? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I want to say that we're reading a lot of this from a website called Morbid Curiosity. They did um, a good job telling the yeah, story. Yeah, this, this guy that wrote this article, um, I think he has his name in a few places. Check out their website because it's it's awesome. Yeah. We're kind of using this as our base. Um, but he did a really good job kind of depicting this. And they are about to get into what potentially happened. And this is all off the basis of this girl. Yeah, because that's the only person, you know. So according to Valentina, after eating breakfast the morning that they woke up, so remember, we're calling back, they had stopped because the weather became bad. They'd set up camp in an open, exposed area. That morning, after eating breakfast, the group descended the mountain, but a short while later, the first catastrophe occurred. From the back of the crowd... This is where it gets wild. I know, this was so wild. From the back of the crowd, Sasha who, if you recall, is the guy, is the one that's like Ludmila's son. Yeah. Started to scream. When everyone turned to look at him, he was frothing at the mouth and bleeding from his eyes and his ears. He collapsed on the ground, shaking before becoming motionless. Ludmila sprinted over to him and told the others to go on. Yep. I mean, that's crazy. It is bizarre, but it gets crazier. The remaining group had not traveled very far before hearing Ludmila's cries. They noticed she was exhibiting Sasha's symptoms and rushed to help her. So she again, she had blood gushing from her eyes and nose while foaming at the mouth. She shook violently before falling on top of Sasha. Another um, of the group, Tatiana or Tat, yeah, Tatiana, uh, who had arrived at Ludmila first was the next to pass out, clutching at her throat as if she was having trouble breathing. She cautiously made her way over to a nearby rock where she bashed her head against it until she became limp. Victoria and Timur, Timur, Timur both passed out while running and died similar, similarly, ripping their clothes off, spitting up blood, and tearing at their throats. Valentina and Dennis sprinted away from the scene. So these are the last two that are left at the group. Yeah. Sprinted away from the scene of their friend's death after realizing they were they were the only survivors. However, Dennis didn't take long to collapse violently. In a panic, yeah. Valentina fled, leaving her friends behind. She rushed down the mountain to ensure that she was as far away as possible. But uh, as she erected a tent for the night, 
you know, found sufficient tree cover and did doze off for the night, but woke up and learned she was still alive and understood that she needed resources to make it through the woods on her own. Remember, she's in the middle of nowhere by herself. She ran away from all of her resources. She has nobody else. All the hiking groups have passed by this point. The issue was that to recover them, she would need to go back to the scene of her, her, you know, group's death. Yeah. So, do you did you want me to pause? No. Okay. You're good. Valentina swiftly gathered the supplies she required from their bodies, and after making sure that they were all dead, headed for the power lines, which I thought was a really smart move. Oh yeah. Um, she followed the power lines down the mountain for four days. Yeah, I mean that's what people don't get about like a hiking situation and that vast of a thing i've seen it come up a lot with like uh, alaska traveling mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where somebody um you know sees a snowmobile path or something and they're like well i'll just follow that but the problem is is that you're in such a vast area that you could literally follow that for months and not it's not taking you anywhere near mm-hmm. civilization at all so you're really you are taking a little bit of a risk by following that it's just sometimes that may be your best solution and she decided to follow the power lines down to a river and then follow the river all all the way back which was probably the smarter thing to do summer so seasonally it was i don't know like how warm it gets there yeah but at least it wasn't it wasn't like the dead of winter in siberia right So, um, yes, as Joe said, she followed the the power lines for four days. She discovered a river and started to follow that. And by the end of her fourth day, the kayakers had located and saved her. Yep. Excuse me. Despite the police receiving a report, no formal search was carried out until August 24th, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll get into it in a second. (laughs) It took two days for the helicopters to locate the remains because the remains of their group because Valentina had not yet been able to recount her version of what had happened. According to an autopsy report, all of them except Ludmila, who had a heart attack, were found to have died of hypothermia. (laughs) They were all found to have bruised lungs, but... Uh, and a protein deficient protein shortage brought on by starvation and extreme hypothermia was identified as their cause of death. In the end, it was decided that their deaths were unintentional. Yeah. So which, that's the story. Right. What the fuck? I <laughs> I started reading this. I'm like, hmm. It, it, it was like, it, first of all, I feel like this was a movie or should it be. It could be a movie for because sure. so wild. I mean, like, well, what and, a random thing. And a lot of people, like, I actually looked into this as a potential episode in the past, what I'm about to say. And it's so overplayed that it's there's not really a point. But the Dyatlov Pass mm-hmm. is a, another Event. They, they talk about that at the beginning of yeah, this article. Yeah, so that was in the Ural Mountains, which is like in Siberia. And they, um, uh, basically, it was a very similar occurrence. There were nine people at the Dyatlov Pass situation. And this was back quite a long time ago. I think it was either the <clears throat> 30s or the 40s oh. that this happened. So a while back. And they died of very bizarre circumstances as well. Like bones crushed to dust and all this like really weird, bizarre stuff. And everything showed primarily that the group was completely fine and very sufficient in those areas like a day before. And all of a sudden, everyone died. And the I think the Russian government's thing with that was that it was an avalanche that killed them, even though the avalanche like didn't really meet the 
the same things as what was said. Which is a quick cover-up. Yeah, it was a very bizarre. But same deal, it's interesting that this happened in a similar area, and they were kind of referring to it in 1993 when it happened as kind of like a secondary Dyatlov Pass incident. And it's also further, again, more interesting that it's all by the Lake Bacall stuff mm-hmm. because there's so much weird paranormal stuff around the the lake. It's just such an odd occurrence and we're going to we're going to get into the theories next but I just want to like hypothermia in the middle of summer? It really well, I mean it you you can no, 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 get no, I hypothermia. Know. No, I know. I temperatures know. like that, but hypothermia I I just As their cause I don't, of death? I don't know that the description that the girl gave would immediately lead me to believe oh that's hypothermia when you're bleeding from all the orifices and orifices in your face well and in the theories you'll find that like something that debunks almost every theory is that this one girl survived Survived. yeah so what i would like to do is kind of like briefly go over the theories yeah, and, and the just see one. you know what we think of them so the first one is that they stumbled upon something enigmatic uh which what basically that? you know what i actually don't i know think it what means mysterious means. hold on i'm gonna i'm gonna do a quick uh google foo oh, here no, i don't think it's mysterious difficult to interpret or understand mysterious you were oh, right i was right you okay were right so, um, and that primarily being that theory is that they stumbled upon a Russian military experiment, experiment in the you know highlands, and were killed as a result. Like they saw too much. No, no. Like they actually got hit with whatever the experiment was. So a military weapon or a uh, you know. Uh, um, oh man. Can't remember what the hell that's called. Bio it's big weapon. in the no, it's big in the nine eleven conspiracies. Um, it's a device that can actually cause something to fall apart. They actually have it out there. It's killing me. It, they use it from a plane. It's like a big laser. It's an energy weapon of some type. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it is, but that is that does actually exist out there. Um, so something like that that causes someone to exhibit those symptoms. Um, you know, but there's a lot of uh, like logical flaws with that theory. Again, like we said, Valentine is survival. But then also in the summer, numerous tour groups can be seen passing through Kamar Daban mountains at any one moment. It would be odd for a top secret experiment to be happening in a public space during the tourist season in Siberia, especially when there are so many more options for secrecy. That's I, I. That's my thing. Is right. like, why would like they be, even if you don't kill the unless, people, unless unless they wanted to test it on, on the, people on people, that could be it too. But I mean, the other thing is, there's a lot of better areas to do that than well, I mean, way God. up a mountainside. You know, on the it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So personally, but with, but but sorry, one no, more you're thing. fine. The, it's a lot easier to pin random deaths on That's people true. that were in a, in this like mountain range That's than very true. walking this down the street. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I don't know. I for that one, I don't really feel that that's it at all. Well, um, we'll talk we'll how about we at the end we say what we we think. Okay, yeah. Um number so two. the number 2 is that um you know, a lot of the symptoms that were reported are very very compatible with dying from chemical weapons and more particularly nerve agents. Yeah, so, so the usage of Soviet nerve agents, the deadly Novichok. Right, which I did some looking into the Look Novichok. Um and that's 
horrifying. It's absolutely uh. horrifying. So they, uh, there's no actual verifiable evidence that that exists. It's been in total secrecy. It's just simply a assumption that because the Novichoke, which I'm sure I am pronouncing that improperly, but that's the last name of the scientists that allegedly created these nerve agents. Mm-hmm. And it's a group of nerve agents. And as far as nerve agents go, I mean, we're talking all the Is horrifying like ones. Yeah. It's like they compared it to the gas that was used in the gas like chambers of gas the Holocaust and-, and all of these other things. This is like many, many times more deadly than those. And they showed a graph of the amount needed to kill everyone in the area. And it was like a little pinprick compared to a massive amount of the other agents. Oh my God. And really what a nerve agent is going to do is, is going to affect obviously your nervous system. And a lot of the time you are bleeding, you know, eyes, ears, nose, mouth. I was just going to say, researchers pointed out over the years that symptoms um, that Valentina reported are compatible with dying from chemical weapons, particularly nerve agents. Yeah. So the foaming at the mouth, the bleeding from the eyes and nose. The, the, the tearing at your throat, taking, right. ripping your clothes off. Right. And the other thing is that the Novichok gas family of nerve, nerve agents was actually developed by Soviet Russia around 1993, which is the same mm-hmm. year of the tragedy. So if they were, you know, if this did exist and they were testing it, um, it is not totally going out on a limb to say maybe, you know, there was still a concentration up there. But it is, check this out, so oh, yeah. VX gas, which mm-hmm. is real bad. I'm pretty sure VX was what was used in the gas chambers of the Holocaust. I could be wrong on that. Um, but VX gas uh, is, so it is, Novichok is, Novichok is 10 times more lethal than VX gas and 20 times more lethal than sarin, which is another deadly nerve agent. So I mean, we're talking like real bad. One of the <laughs> one of the most dead the deadliest nerve agents ever created. Yes, and still is if it actually exists. Oh, and they test and there were according to reports, Novichok agents were tested close to the Kamar Daban region. Right. So you know, I mean, I the big thing with that is the issue of concentration. So like nerve agents. Uh, you for, can't just, like, target one group. Yeah, well, and uh, Mr. Morbid, the creator of Morbid Curiosity, put his personal explanation underneath there, which is pretty Well, that's good. number three. It, which is number three, but it, it talks on the, the nerve agents because yeah. that's his primary assumption. Right. And he talks a lot about, you know, the possibility that if nerve agents were tested in the area, which they were tested, if you believe it, somewhere in that area, area, maybe at the bottom of the mountain or whatever, if somehow this nerve agent blew up the mountain in a gust or no, whatever. No, no, no. He was saying um, that it, that like this whole like rain downpour played a role in it and that um, the, the nerve agent could have been washed down the hill by the rain. Yeah. So, so maybe that was it. And regardless. Oh yeah. And then it says right here, the strong nerve agents can be dangerous in areas where they're, they were initially used for a long time after they were originally discharged, meaning they could have lingered in the tree line and the atmosphere. So, so meaning they could have been testing these nerve agents and they could have just like 
residue or whatever it was in the air could have still been hanging. Correct. And could have found its way to their group somehow. And the reason why the Russian government waited a few days to go search for the bodies is because they had an assumption that the area was still contaminated. So they wanted to wait let it dissipate and then go and and find them and that essentially the assumption is that each one of these individuals unfortunately met their demise by mm-hmm. running into a concentration of the deadly novichok nerve agent in the ground or in the tree line or whatever and that's the ex- symptoms they were experiencing and valentina who survived was the only lucky one that did not run through the concentration. But he even, Mr. Morbid even explains that this is implausible that Valentina could have gone without being exposed despite the possibility that she was set aside by avoiding the epicenter of the contamination. It's just like such a close group. It is. Yeah, I mean, that's... And he even went through each person and and it just, it totally makes sense that like Sasha, unfortunately, was the first to come in contact. But then I think about it, it's like, but Sasha was at the back of the group. Right. So it's weird to me that, that everyone would have walked through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the front, like Valentina sh- or wh- whoever was in the front should have, logically, if they ran into this con- contamination area, should have received it first. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Which I don't know. So that it is definitely, um, you know, an interesting um, assumption. Now, there is, um, you know, another number claim four. Here. Yeah, number four is that uh, was Valentina delusional. And um, I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, they said she was delusional because of the hypothermia and the trauma. So basically, yeah, when someone experiences trauma, they frequently remember certain details incorrectly, especially when recounting the event much afterwards. I, I don't put much, you know emphasis behind this because I just don't I I don't buy this one and that's basically that she uh remembered improperly all six of the other people going through each one of these things in detail and that they all just actually had hypothermia well that's what I was just going to say it says here the it's plausible that the hikers indeed passed away in the manner described in the autopsy report i.e hypothermia because they were adequately protected that or sorry weren't adequately protected that night the group perished together on the mountain from hypothermia by choosing to enter the forest, choosing a different outfit, or as Valentina claims, by her physical fitness, she may have lived. Yeah. It should be noted that individuals who pass away from hypothermia frequently experience paradoxical undressing in which they take off their clothes just before passing away. This could make sense as to why the hikers were discovered discovered partially undressed. Yeah, there is a phenomena with that where But it doesn't explain. It doesn't. No, I mean, it, you're that's a big difference. Uh, like with hypothermia, you're falling into a deep sleep that you're never going to wake up from and you're getting really really, you know, tired and you do start acting odd like paradoxical undressing, but it's uh, but it like, would be tough to to mistake paradoxical undressing from hypothermia with somebody ripping their clothes yeah, off yeah ripping their clothes off and smashing their head into a rock till they paralyze themselves w- like, and not to mention that they're saying that they could have been inadequate like not 
adequately dressed for the trip. I'm sorry. They were out there with a master hiker survivor list. You don't think that they talked about that or they yeah, trained it, or prepared that, for it? I just don't buy that. I don't buy but it. Then the other one, five. Uh, number five, is rainwater contamination. So this is basically saying, uh, which of course, <laughs> not only is there so many other things with Lake Bacall, and I should mention too that they spelled Lake Bacall wrong in this um, thing. It's actually B-A-I-K-A-L, and they keep using why for oh. some reason uh, if i just mentioned that because if you do go to look it up i was getting the wrong things at first because it wasn't oh, it wasn't okay. properly spelled um but it's actually a well-known location for the disposal of toxic waste mm. as well so not only is it a bunch of just weird bizarre stuff but it's also a bunch of ma massive amounts of russian toxic waste are being thrown into the lake as well so the hypothesis is that the hikers consume the chemicals in their own water yes by basically you know the toxic waste was brought up by rain and the rain fell down into the water the water was toxic the hikers filled their bottles up with it drank it had an issue and then valentina may have managed by getting her water from a different area which mm. this i don't know I, I don't buy this either because why would the other group not be affected by that water as well because it rained all over the whole mountain and i i just don't and also if all of the water was contaminated like why was there not a bunch of dead animals as well that are all drinking from the or how about the other the groups things? again i'm bringing up the other groups yeah they're that, all drinking from the same water system that is kind of the i don't know i i just I, again i don't put much into that either i just don't buy it um this last one the last one is very interesting six and that is that they ate something poisonous primarily um the uh, uh, uh psilocybin which is in mushrooms right shrooms well, yeah so ludmila was a well-known forager who instructed her pupils in the craft one of the hikers likely picked up the wrong kind of mushroom mushroom to add to their breakfast the effects of the mushroom poisoning started to set in as they walked after breakfast making them hallucinate and feel unwell right and you know i i do you know i could see this as being very interesting and oh. basically this theory is that all of them were hallucinating and valentina assumed that she saw this but the hi other hikers actually died from being poisoned by the mushroom and then their their bodies may have very likely gone into hypothermia, hypothermia. but she's recounting an hallucination exactly yes. yeah because it says interesting interestingly seeing other people cry blood is a common hallucination brought on by the chemical what did you call psilocybin. it psilocybin which psilocybin is, is a compound found in the infamous magic mushroom. Psilocybin overdose can result in psychosis, convulsions, cardiac arrest, and possibly put a person in a coma. Once more, whether it was merely tripping out or being in a coma, it's likely that the hikers died from hypothermia as a result of being in an altered state. This is the only other one that I could see as possible. Yeah, now, because the Valentina explanation makes sense. Yeah, but there's a few, uh, I think, flaws with this. And Well, uh, real quick, the Valentina explanation would be that she survived because she had consumed fewer mushrooms or had a tolerance for the effects or even merely a genetic predisposition to be less impacted Had uh, or had dressed in warmer clothes clothing had fled to the forest and taking refuge out of paranoia paranoia i mean those are all pretty yeah legit you now know. i mean the thing with this is i you know for one have never done shrooms or experienced psilocybin i have personally yeah i'm sure you have <laughs> and i have done a 
bunch of research into it because it just fascinates me for some reason. I've done a bunch of other drugs though. No, I've I've done a bunch of research into it, and I do have quite a few good friends that have done it uh, quite a few times. And one of the biggest and most common myths I see around most shrooms is that when everyone is like telling me about it that actually does it, I always ask them like, so are you like seeing things and the hallucinations crazy? And they all experience the same thing, which is no. And that movies kind of really overdo the hallucinations thing and you're not seeing things 99% of the time that are not there usually and it's like that video I showed you of like what the the closest depiction of I I mean I see where you're coming wait wait because I'm gonna get into it okay the when you know usually what you're seeing is kind of the room moving right like little things vibrating if there's a pattern somewhere you're really into the pattern because it's moving around and it forces you to reflect on yourself it forces you to reflect on what you're thinking about good or bad and you know with this you're talking a serious hallucination now there is so many different types of mushrooms and there are some types especially the poisonous ones where i could go out on a limb and say that they're the content of psilocybin in them caused that bad of a hallucination so well, you're just in psychosis because to 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 just kind of touch on your point if you know the video you showed me of like what it may look like to people like the you know their surroundings are moving it's not like these people she was looking at weren't real they were right. real so i'm saying it may not like to an un uh hallucinating eye may and not especially look, you know sorry, what? I'm sorry you know I'm what sorry, i'm sorry <laughs> i'm gonna just drop kick you boy <laughs> what i'm saying is it may if say Say someone recreated what she saw in a yeah. video. It may not look like to us or interpreted by us as like blood coming from their eyes. But you but like not only when you're on mushrooms, it's like I feel like you're not only looking at an altered state, but your brain is interpreting that altered state right in an altered way. So if yeah. you see somebody's face also moving how easily would it be for your brain, different parts of your yeah. brain, to interpret that as something horrific? For sure. Especially if, you know, we've talked about this. Like, I'm sure, obviously, if you're doing mushrooms and you're in a very bad place, like you have very high anxiety or you're depressed or whatever it may be, those demons kind of follow you probably yeah. through your trip. Well, and... I would, ima- I would imagine. I mean, imagine also not being ready for it you know i mean all the guys uh, that i've talked to oh, that have yeah. done it are always say like you know you got to be in the right mindset in the right area whatever and i don't even know how malnourishment affects right it too. so imagine you, you don't know that that's coming and all of a sudden just bam it just hits you when you're on a hike that could be pretty horrifying and the other thing that is a little bit interesting for this theory is that although ludmila was an experienced survivalist and would actually instruct people on how to forage for food mushrooms are particularly difficult because there are a lot of mushrooms out there where they look identical and one is perfectly safe to eat and the other one will kill you with one bite so usually if i i'm going out on a limb because i really don't get into that stuff as much but i remember hearing from a lot of survivalists that like mushrooms generally they just kind of don't recommend unless that's your like last last unless that's all you you got yeah but if you're foraging in a 
you should be able to find something. Well, no, but I mean, the thing is, look at the picture of the ridge that this happened on, and there's literally, I mean, there's nothing. Like, I'll hold my computer my thing up. is, though, that's, why, are they for- why are they foraging? It's not like they're like... Not like they're stranded. They had planned this hike. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it's 1993. You know, I don't know why that is, they why had do you as think, much. You act like 1993 was like 1920. I don't feel like in Russia in 1993, the technology was up to I'm par with I'm not even saying technology. I'm saying a, 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 for food carrying. A seasoned... But you're saying they don't have dry no. MREs have been in around right. for how long? I'm just That's- saying I'm just saying that maybe they packed enough for like a day or two and just had plans to forage for food on the, the descent down. The only thing I could think of that I would believe if they were foraging is that Ludmila was trying to teach them how to forage. But even then, I don't I don't buy it because it's like you're on this hike. It was supposed to take a couple days. You obviously were packing fine. Right. You packed food. Yeah. I it, that is it, it. It really is kind of a stretch. Now. I would, and why did Ludmi or why did Valentina? Why was she found with blood on her? Yeah, well, that's like one of the things. But the other problem is she was remembering no, she this was, after like a week or two weeks after it happened. I think. But the kayakers found her with dried blood on her. That's true. I mean, yeah, I, I know she had to go back to her group to get the resources, but it's not like she like. Did she like lay in their blood? Like, yeah, why was she covered in it? That's just bizarre. Unless she had the same reactions and just somehow survived. Like she she had bled the same. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, like when it, uh, I would throw a seventh uh, example on there, and oh, maybe shoot. Valentina is a sociopath that killed everyone. absolutely murdered all six people by feeding them poison uh, or whatever to get them to fall asleep they went hypothermic and she created this massive story to cover up the fact that she just murdered six people but their lungs were bruised i mean how do you well i mean if she poisoned them i mean i'm sure that's possible i don't know if yeah, you're gasping know. for air you know what i mean we're all we're relying. It's like everything else with relying on the government and believing their story. Like, well, but that's what I was just gonna say. Why would the government not pin her for the deaths of all these people, and instead they they just wrote it off as oh they were accidental deaths and she can just go on about her day. It's weird that they did that because I feel like in that respect it's like you really are trying to cover something up. Yeah, their example of like it was just hypothermia makes it even more bizarre. Like yeah, that makes me like look at it like mm, If you think maybe about this not. in the United States, you know, perspective, if this happened in the United States, I mean, that person would get con- they would be put on trial. They would have to Without go to trial. Doubt. They would yeah. have to be, you know, explain themselves. Like I'm sure like there was probably some sort of evidence that could have been picked up at the site that like Right. I mean, it was just it's just weird that it was just like, oh, it's hypothermia. Yeah. I so, mean, I'm sure it took a little while, but I don't know. To to begin wrapping it up, what are your thoughts? What do you think on um, the situation? I think the most plausible explanation would be eating something poisonous, whether it was given to them by Valentina or they whether they were foraging for an exercise with the group. I don't think they were foraging because they were hungry. I think they were foraging if they were, they were foraging because Ludmila was like, let me teach you another thing while we're out here. Um, you know, I don't know. That's like, out of all of these, that to me seems like the, the 
the you most know? plausible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would I would agree. I'm up in the air between nerve agent and poisonous nah, something. The nerve agent throws me off, though, because why wouldn't all the other groups have experienced something? Chemical burns or yeah, rashes. I don't know. Something smaller on a smaller scale, even if they weren't in the quote unquote contamination. It's se- definitely epicenter. bizarre. And it's also weird that Valentina never spoke of this again. Oh, yeah. She ever like, lived again. a very like... um what's it called reclusive life after, Which, after this i don't know i mean that points out to me i'm like i'm wondering if the russian government was like no you're not talking about this again but then again what is it. she supposed to be a celebrity i mean no no but i mean like you would think there was something that traumatic that maybe she would have i don't know wrote said, a book yeah or... been interviewed or like something yeah, you know about it that's you know, true I, I just i don't know it seems well like... again th- looking at it from the the u.s perspective all of that would have happened yeah, that's true. She would have been interrogated by the police. She would have had videos of her interviews. Like, there would have been things that would have happened. Yeah. Her trial would have probably been, like, public. Like, yeah. It w- there would have just been well, so much more public-facing things. In the grand scheme of things, although technically speaking on surface level, Russia was not communist at this time anymore, it was still only really a few years after the USSR fell and, you know, became no longer communist. So you're still in that time where Russia, you know, wants to kind of be top at everything. They want to have the best hikers, the best explorers, even if it's all propaganda. I mean, you always have that in that culture. So it almost makes me wonder if they kind of wanted to silence this thing because it's kind of a horrific thing to have happen. I don't know. That's interesting. But it's only seven. I mean, I shouldn't say it's only seven. I'm just saying like, if it were thousands and thousands of hikers just all passing for weird yeah. reasons, like it was this one group, this one area, really weird symptoms, like yeah. it just doesn't line up with anything. And it, it is bizarre sense. if you consider the Dyatlov Pass situation, you know, and that that happened yeah. in, a, in another area, which leads me to believe I'm like, man, is it something weirdly paranormal in the area or some sort of russian thing i don't know but and you also you also have to think too like were there other instances of people not necessarily dying but non-reported incidents of people again getting a chemical burn or getting a rash or getting weird symptoms while they were hiking like you know maybe they were having bloody noses and they were like not knowing why right and why would they ever report those right so it's like this is just so interesting. You know what this reminds me of? That movie with the temple in um temple. Oh, and they and like all of the the like the villagers are like, don't go near it, don't go near it, and all like the, the that group oh, is traveling. Oh, oh, oh shit! What is what is that called? We'll uh, find it. It was like an early two thousands horror movie. Um, so good, man. It's killing me that I, I can't write remember. Down, can you write down the, Temple Temple movie? Yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll find it. And I'll link it for you guys. It was it, a very good it's movie. It's a great early 2000s. It's uh, I think it's like Vine or something stupid like that. But it's good. It's very good. Yeah. So. The premise of the movie is this group of traveler or a group of like people yeah. are traveling um, in, I don't know what country, some foreign country. 
and they come typical across like, this, like stupid horror movie people where they're like we want to go up there yeah, yeah. we're like on vacation <laughs> and they find well, they... don't don't give it all okay, okay, away okay, 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 okay. yeah we'll recommend it but that is going to wrap joe up. wants to wrap this up if you guys haven't <laughs> caught on to that yet all right i'm not you and know. to wrap it up and i'm just gonna can you just shut the fuck up so i can wrap this up real quick <laughs> to wrap up episode 32 uh as always, we will post links down in uh, the description wherever you're listening to this at. We encourage you to do your own research and really cherish these last few episodes because there's going to be a little bit of a break. We're going to do our best, but you know, we're just going to have a baby. Listen up while you can. We're just going to have a baby on the microphone being like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he's just going to be babbling. <laughs> That'll be our episodes. <laughs> So uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to this episode. And as always, stay tuned for more great content coming soon.